This is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. My, oh my, has it been a busy week for me. I mean, it's probably a busy week for a lot of you too, but it is, it's just been nonstop this week. I didn't even know if I was going to get the episode in, but no matter what, we make sure we get the episode in. This is all about consistency. All about talking wrestling. It's one of my favorite things to do each and every single week. So here we are. I promised last week I would talk about the Wrestling Dontaku show as well as Champion Carnival. So that will kick us off today. But we also will have a big look at SmackDown as well as a little bit from Raw, NXT, and AEW. You. It's also a good time to remind you that this coming Sunday, I believe, it will be one week until the Hanakamura Memorial Show, as well as my episode, um, which fe- which will feature, I believe, seven seven very special, unique interviews. Um, plus my own thoughts on who Hanakamura is, was, and forever will be. So make sure to watch for that as well. I will be releasing the official art this weekend. So make sure to check out my Twitter at Scott E Wrestling for all news and notes on that. So why don't we dig in? With New Japan's Wrestling Dontaku that happened two weeks ago from Monday. From this Monday, it'll be two weeks. Um, So, there's a lot of controversy. Not really controversy. It was more like just people upset with wrestling matches being really long. Because Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White, the main event of Wrestling Dontaku Night 1 where the Never Openweight Championship was defended. Lasted 39 minutes, I believe, while Shingo versus Will Ospreay lasted 44 minutes. So very long matches, but this is just a me thing. Always been a me thing. When it comes down to a wrestling match's length, a wrestling match's story... 
the length doesn't matter as long as you are able to fill however long you are telling the story to a T. You're not wasting time. You're not wasting motion. Everything has purpose. That is the point of a wrestling match in my mind. And a notable, important, great wrestling match. Everything has a reason. And, you know, as a Joshi fan, I've learned to really love matches that barely even come close to 30 minutes, let alone 40. But I watched both of these matches. I like Hiroshi Tanahashi. Love him, actually. Well, I like Jay White. I like Shingo Takagi. I don't like who Will Ospreay is as a person. But more times than not, I am entertained by him as a professional wrestler when it comes down to inside the ring. So let's start off with Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White. I loved, 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 loved their New Japan Cup match. I thought it was not only a great story they told, but it was a good way to bring in the both of their styles, really. And, you know, they told a good story. So I was excited for the second match, and I thought the second match was still pretty good. I thought the story was there. They both traded off. Uh, attacking each other's legs. And really it was going to come down to who would make the mistake. The beauty of what Hiroshi Tanahashi does as a wrestler is most of the time everything he does has meaning. Whether it be the dragon screw, the high fly flow, the sling blade, everything seems to have a meaning. And those are his those are his best hits. Those are his Best options to get to the end and try to win a match. So I have no problem when he's tossing those out there. But the beauty of Jay White as a worker. Now you may find him boring at times. You may not like him at all. But Jay White is a heel worker at its finest. He's slow, methodical with what he does. You'll, ne- you'll very rarely see him burst out into a high speeds of sort competition like contest in his matches. It's very rare you see that. What you see out of Jay White is the heel way of working someone over. And I thought What him and Tanahashi did here was great. I thought it was great. And in the end, Jay White was the man to get the last laugh. Jay White hit the Blade Runner, pinned Tanahashi 1-2-3, and became the new never openweight champion. Pretty, pretty entertaining. Now let's go to Shingo versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. The winner will meet Kazuchika Okada inside Wrestle Grand Slam in the Tokyo Dome. Now we don't know when that is yet as a lot of the major shows in Japan had to be 
either postponed or canceled. Um, this one was postponed, so it will not be happening this month. Look for June to possibly be the time. But the winner faces Okada. And not for a second during this match did I think Shingo was winning. Because, first of all, Will just won the title. That automatically makes me think, well, there's very little chance they're just going to keep tossing this around. I don't think that's the case. Second, is I thought there wasn't the near fall that I really hoped for. But I thought it was a great exhibition. I thought it was a great match. Um, probably, I guess it would be my match of the week in terms of matches I saw. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was a great match. I liked Osprey in this match a lot more than I have recently. Um, I think the Hidden Blade is you know, a great move. And I believe he didn't hide it this time. He actually hit Shingo straight in the face. But this match was good. Um, There was, you know, the first 10 minutes. I understand you're trying to set, set a idea, set where we're trying to go. But if you take that out, you'd have an even better match. Now, it's a credit to them they're able to tell two big match stories in back-to-back months. I, I applaud them for that. I just wonder, you know, will it ever be Shingo's time? Will he ever be IWGP world champion? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. But those matches were great. Um, now let's get on to All Japan Pro Wrestling. I never have ever watched All Japan until this past month. Champion Carnival, I was told, is a very big event. Much like the G1, it's a little different. There's not two blocks. They're all one block. Trying to get points to the end. Jake Lee beat Kento Mayahara. In the uh, I guess it wasn't technically a fin- final, but it was a final. The winner was winning. And I thought it was great. I thought from beginning to end, Champion Carnival was great. It introduced me to new guys. I think Kento's very good. Um, I understand why I've seen people call him one of the best in the world. I do wonder, you know... From at least my perspective, first-time perspective, is there anyone in that company that can reach his maximum spot? Because he's got the charisma and he's got the wrestling. The winner of Champion Carnival, Jake Lee... I think has the charisma and I think he has some great wrestling. I wanted Jake Lee to win. I didn't even, I barely knew any of these people, but I felt from the beginning 
Um, from what I read beforehand that Jake Lee had to be the guy, I was very happy when he won. And I thought those two had a phenomenal match. One of the best um, matches I've seen all year. It was a great, great, great encounter. It was the perfect way to do the finale. You know, I think when it comes to finales, you really want to have the best match of the tournament. And that's what they did here. I thought this was the best match. Uh, Kento Maihara had probably the most four-star above matches for me, but a lot of them were just good. Like I think that's what I learned in Champion Carnival. A lot of them were at least good. And that's really all you want in a tournament. So those are my thoughts on Champion Carnival. We can get to the normal um, weekly discussions right now, but that's all I wanted to say about New Japan and All Japan. Um, I do not have anything for stardom as the Cinderella tournament round two and quarterfinals will be happening in a mere few hours. It might be starting very soon um, of this recording. So next week I will be sharing my thoughts on that. So SmackDown. What do we got from SmackDown? This was the throwback episode of SmackDown. Pretty fun little thing they did here. Jimmy Uso returned. Jimmy Uso was introduced by Roman Reigns. Um, they kind of, you know, him, Jey Uso, introduced Jimmy. All hugs in the early going. It would be revealed that Cesaro versus Seth Rollins by Teddy Long would be an opportunity for Cesaro to earn a shot at Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash. This coming weekend and the Usos ended up being involved the Usos screwed over Seth Rollins when Rollins got on the face of Jey Uso pissing off Jimmy Uso Jimmy would hit him with a super kick when the referee wasn't looking Cesaro would take advantage after laying them both out and Seth Rollins would lose Cesaro would win officially making the match for WrestleMania Backlash. And this was only the beginning for tonight. We then saw Seth Rollins get in the face of Roman Reigns. I love this because I am such a fan and will always be a fan of the Shield. So, you know, getting this moment was pretty cool for me personally. I, I just enjoyed seeing these two interact and getting the faces of each other. I thought it was just great fun. Uh, Seth told Roman that if he doesn't take care of his cousins, that Rollins will. He will get in the face. So I'm thinking we might be getting a Seth versus Jimmy or Jay down the line, which would be a really fun match. This would then lead to Roman telling Paul Heyman to get Jey Uso. He would tell Jey Uso to tell Jimmy to get in line. Jey, Jimmy Uso showed a resilience, showed a sense of he doesn't really want to get in line behind the tribal chief. After all, he did make his brother quit. What Jimmy wants, more than anything, is just to team with his brother again. He doesn't want to 
be the person that does everything for Roman Reigns. And I think that's an interesting story, a really good story, moving forward. Cesaro ended up attacking everyone at the end of the show. Um, So the, the way it went was Jimmy was trying to hold Jay back when Cesaro attacked Roman. Jay went in, he got hit by Cesaro, and that's when Jimmy finally said, okay, I gotta go help my brother. He got hit, and Cesaro stood tall. It's a very interesting tale here. But one that, you know, shows how much better SmackDown is from Monday Night Raw. Other things from SmackDown include Sonya Deville's soup game being on fleek. Um, I just wanted to toss that in there. Teddy Long trying to make Sammy dance was pretty funny. Ruby Riot needs to stop being treated wrong. And that's about it from this week. Uh, Bianca and Bailey actually had a really good segment, I thought, too. I thought Bailey cut a fun promo. It's nice to see Bailey actually do stuff. Felt it was so long since we actually got that. But yeah, that was. I thought that was a great. Great show. You know, the there were some tough parts in the middle, but really the Jimmy Uso stuff with Roman Reigns was mwah, chef's kiss. It was it was wonderful. And that's all I really look for, especially with how bad Raw is. That's really all you can ask for. That's really all you can ask for. So now that we're getting to the Raw preview side of things, I'm going to just do my WrestleMania backlash preview here because I have no other reason not to. I just think uh, the only thing from Raw that's worth noting that I won't note in this preview is that Jinder Mahal returned with one half of Indu share and some guy named Shanky. I believe he was on the Indian um, show that they did earlier this year. So, yeah, that happened. He beat Jeff Hardy, and people were not up, not happy. But, hey, the modern-day Maharaja is back. So let's get to this WrestleMania Backlash preview, why don't we? Starting from the bottom of the card, we have Damian Priest versus The Miz. In a lumberjack match, after Damian Priest defeated John Morrison to pick the stipulation, kind of a lame stipulation to pick. Priest, pretty lame. It made him kind of look like a uh, I don't know nerd, like lumberjack match. Are we kidding? His idea was, well, I don't want the Miz to run anymore. So you pick a lumberjack match? Whatever. Whatever. I'm picking Damian Priest. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships will be on the line. It's Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, the champions, by the way, will defend. Against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. I'm picking the first ever 
father-son duo to be tag team champions ever situation here. I think, you know, Ray and Dominic will win, and then down the line they will lose to the Usos. That is my, I feel like that's my lock here. I'm going to put, I'm going to lock that in for the remainder of the year. I think that's at least one guarantee. We have the Raw Women's Tag, uh, Tag, the Raw Women's Championship on the line as Rhea Ripley defends against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. You know, I don't want to say it, but I have to say it. I'm picking Charlotte Flair. Why? Because of Charlotte Flair. I just, I don't know. I feel like they're starting to already lose hope with Rhea, which is a shame because it's only been a month and I just don't think they have given her full chance to succeed. But, yeah, I'm picking Charlotte. WWE Championship is on the line as Bobby Lashley defends against Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. Raw going with a double Triple Threat main events. I'm taking Bobby. I don't think anyone else should win this match. It would be a crime if anyone else won this match. Please, 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 please. Make sure Bobby Lashley walks out as champion. The SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line as Bianca Belair makes her first official defense against Bailey. This feels like the lock of the night. I am picking Bianca Belair to win. Um, but I think this will be a really good match. Bailey, Bailey and Bianca had some good chemistry at the end of last year. So I only expect this to continue into this championship match. And finally, the main event. The main event. Nothing else is the main event. I will not hear otherwise. Roman Reigns defends the Universal Championship against Cesaro. Cesaro's first ever singles world title match since going to WWE. It's a big fight feel. It's probably going to be one of the best WWE matches of the year, if I can guess based on Roman's recent track record and the fact that Cesaro is one of the best. This match is one of the most anticipated matches for me all year. I'm very excited. And I am picking my tribal chief, your tribal chief, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, to successfully defend his championship. I do expect some something out of Jay and Jimmy that, you know, either could screw Roman or screw Cesaro. That's where I'm at here. I don't think this is a 150% situation that Roman walks out as winner. I think they could do a, you know, Cesaro wins, has it for a month, then loses it back. Like, I think that could happen. For me, I think Roman just needs to keep rolling, but if they did that, I definitely wouldn't be opposed, as Cesaro has definitely earned this moment either way. But that's it for the WrestleMania Backlash predictions. Again, not too, too much. There wasn't, um... There wasn't a lot to dig into on the pay-per-view. I think it's going to be a nice short one. There's some good wrestling matches probably on there. I mean, the triple threat's probably going to be good. The men's one, like, that's probably going to be really good. I could see them 
all, you know, having a really good showing. And then, of course, there is the main event and the SmackDown matches. The tag team match could also be pretty good. But, yeah, that's that. Um, They could do... They probably are going to add an Intercontinental Championship match, if I had to guess, featuring um, Sami Zayn, Big E, Kevin Owens, and Apollo. But that's not on there, so I'm not going to predict on that. You're welcome. All right, NXT. NXT was a... Solid week this week. We had Karrion Cross defeat Austin Theory in the very beginning of the show. Um, and then Finn Balor walked out to pretty much lay down the rematch. The rematch has been made official, and in two weeks, it will be Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship once again. MSK defeated Bray Zongo. In a pretty good tag team match. And then they called out Legado del Fantasma. Pete Dunne destroyed Leon Ruff in an open challenge. There's not a lot here. You know, NXT was a pretty... It was a fine show this week again. But it just... It wasn't too much. It was a lot of... Well, the title matches were big. But the early going was pretty lackluster, I'd say. Frankie Monet will make her in-ring debut finally in two weeks' time. Now let's get to the title matches. This is where I can actually talk and, you know, break it down and stuff. Oh, bear with me, people. My allergies have been a pain this week. But we had Raquel Gonzalez versus Mercedes Martinez for the NXT Women's Championship. Very physical match. I thought this was a good match for Mercedes. A good first defense for Raquel. And I really think that was the whole purpose of this. Is, you know, make them look both strong. But in the end, Raquel comes out on top. Which is exactly what happened. It was a good match. It was definitely a good match. And... I really do think it will be Frankie Monet who takes the title away from Raquel. Though they've been very antsy in the sense of, you know, deciding what Raquel is. I don't know if she's a heel or face. Feels like it switches weekly. The real big stuff from NXT was Hit Row Records. They might just be Hit Row. I'm not too sure. Brianna Brandy. Ashante the Adonis and AJ Francis join Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, I called it Swerve's Entourage last week. They are officially Hit Row. Pretty cool name. I enjoy it. And I'm ready to see what they do because I say it every single week. I think Isaiah Swerve Scott is in his element right now, and this was great. I look forward to him having his own faction and seeing what they do. This should rise him to the very top. Cameron Grimes and uh, Ted DiBiase tried to fight for a house, which was pretty funny. I still don't know what the payoff is to this, but I have a good time every single week, so I can't really complain. Kyle Riley versus Oni Lorkin was a solid match. I saw Kyle win, of course, because it's Oni Lorkin. Pete Dunne tried to attack after, and Bobby Fish returned. Bobby Fish returned after injury. 
And they they made clear that they're not going to reform as a tag team. They both have their own business to take care of, but they have each other's back, which I thought was pretty cool. And finally, the main event. The XC Cruiserweight Championship was on the line as Kushida, the champion, defended against former champion Santos Escobar in a best two out of three falls match. Santos Escobar captured the first win with the Phantom Driver, while Kushida won... Uh, got the second fall quickly after that when he locked in the armbar, forcing Escobar to qu- quickly tap out so that um, the injury that was going to be sustained didn't last too long. And then finally, the final fall came on a beautiful bridging suplex by Kushida to pick up the win and successfully defend his title. Let's sit here and realize what just happened, people. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Get rid of the NXT part. The Cruiserweight Championship. Just main evented NXT. Not even a year. Not even a year. Into the Cruiserweight division being back. Did people think it had a chance to survive. Let alone survive this long. And let alone be at a spot where it is worth your time every single week. Bravo. Thank you for putting this on NXT, giving them the right crowd, the right atmosphere for this kind of action. It's been a wonderful, wonderful win. So that's it for NXT this week. We're going to talk AEW real quick here, and then we're going to End the show because I am exhausted. You're welcome. John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata for the IWGP United States Championship would open up AEW Dynamite this week. Kind of insane. Um, even more insane is John Moxley has a new theme song as he comes out to Wild Thing. Wild Thing, if you've seen Major League, for example, is a song that Charlie Sheen's character, Rick... Uh, Ricky Vaughn? I think it's Ricky Vaughn. Comes out to every time he's going on to make the save or make an appearance. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that song. It sings Wild Thing. It's I mean it fits Moxley. It, it was just shocking because I like John I actually really like the AEW Moxley song, but I mean if you're gonna get a real song, you, it's this one, you use it. Uh, this match was great. I thought this match was really exactly what you wanted from it. It was Moxley and Nagata just hitting each other as hard as they could. Showing a sign of respect, but also showing a sign of, I want to win this match. And of course, John Moxley ended up winning. But I thought this match was great. A fantastic way to open the show. Cody Rhodes had an interesting promo that has been the talk of the town today. He described how he's a proud American. And he made his feud with Anthony Gogo about... It it was like the foreigner versus the American. This has always been a feud in wrestling. And I don't think it really fits in the present day wrestling world. 
So, to me, this promo wasn't by any means great. And it was the end that I liked, but, man, the way we got there was just... Ugh. So the the main purpose is Anthony Gogo put on the put the uh, British flag over Cody last week after punching him in the gut and leaving him laying. So Cody, you know, told this promo he's happy to have his kid, yada yada. And the main purpose was to get a double or nothing for one night only. It will be Anthony Gogo. Versus the American Dream, Cody Rhodes. Of course, that was a that part, that specific part. I will say was a nice moment because you could tell how much that meant to him. It's the rest that I had trouble with, and I'm not even gonna go too much into it. I think a lot of people have, but it will be those two at Double or Nothing. Huge match for a go go right out the gate. And I'm picking him to win, by the way. But I will be making an announcement. Um, now. Well, let's make it now. Um, starting at AEW, double or nothing, I will be officially welcoming Robbie Sutter, who you guys have listened to on my show um, we, when we did the uh, Choco Pro episode talk about Gato Move. He will be officially joining me as my co-host per se for all AEW previews and hopefully, hopefully results depending when the shows are and how schedules work. But definitely previews every single pay-per-view moving forward. So I'm very excited to have Robbie on the show. It's going to be a wonderful time, so expect that in the next few weeks as we get closer to Double or Nothing. That will be the big preview as it will be me and him talking back and forth. So back to Dynamite. The Young Bucks faced off with SCU for the tag team titles. SCU, if they lost, were no longer going to be teaming anymore. And they lost. I thought this match was great in the sense that Christopher Daniels, he was opened up. He was opened up bad. The blood was gushing, but there was a story being told here. And you know how much I love my stories. There was a story being told here, being displayed. Could they pull it off? There was times I thought they did. But in the end, the Young Bucks won. The Young Bucks won. SCU was done. And the laid and the threat has been put down for double or nothing. It is likely to be the Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Tag Team titles. That's exciting. Christian Cage had a promo. He has officially entered himself. Into the Casino Battle Royale. You can't tell me when Christian Cage signed with AEW. Thought his first pay-per-view match. Was going to be a Battle Royal. Yeah. 
Yep. And, I, you know, I might hear someone say, well, his first match back was the Royal Rumble. But come on. They acted as this was, his, you know, the biggest signing. And I think the reason he's in the Casino Battle Royal is because Ricky Starks um, got injured. He's out for, I believe it's three months with a broken neck or something with his neck. I think it was going to be Ricky Starks versus Christian. But since that went down the toilet, Christian's first match will be in the Casino Battle Royale. Pack versus Orange Cassidy. This match would decide the winner and the challenger for Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. As you can imagine, these two were telling a great story back and forth, back and forth. I thought... You know, I think Pac's one of the absolute best in the world. He's one of my favorites to watch, so it was a joy to watch him back in the ring. But there was a point in the match where Pac went to hit a power bomb on Cassie. He hit it, but Cassie landed very high on his head slash neck. He kicked out at two, and that's kind of where we saw the match go to shit. Uh, Cassie couldn't really move. He wasn't moving. Pac was just watching. We were all just wondering what is happening. And reports have been very, um, scattered here. But there was an audible to fix the finish, which saw Kenny Omega hit Pac in the back of the head with his championship belt after Don Callis got the attention of Aubrey Edwards, leading to a double count. Uh, They were both down in the ring, so a double count. Finishing this match in a draw. Officially making the double or nothing match, the main event, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. That, that right there, that's the match. I can get behind that match. Now, I don't think it was supposed to happen this way. But considering Cassie was either knocked out or just not all there. It was a way for them to figure it out. So, I'm very interested in that. That will be a double or nothing. Um, we're also going to do see Hangman Page versus Brian Cage at double or nothing. In a rematch from when Cage beat Page, Cage, Page, Page, Cage. Lots of cages and pages, man. The Pinnacle Coronation. They wanted to celebrate their big win over the Inner Circle. Understandably so. I don't think that shocked anyone. And that's when Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, and Ortiz showed up. So the storyline was Santana was arrested because he stabbed MJF with a fork. Very weird. Um, and Jericho was out because he hurt his arm when he fell. But what we quickly quickly learned was that Jericho was fine. And they ended up spread they wanted another match with them. They kept asking, kept asking, MJF said no. Then they sprayed him with a little bit of the bubbly out of like a uh gun on a car type thing. I don't know. It was like a hose gun. Um, he was splashing the corn. They were splashing the pinnacle all around the ring. They was trying. They were trying to resemble when Stone Cold Steve Austin did it to 
Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, and The Rock. It's not at all at that same level. And ultimately, this was all to lead to a second ever stadium stampede match at Double or Nothing. It would be the Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle. But there's a catch. If the Inner Circle loses, they must break up forever. And you could see the fear on Jericho and Sammy Guevara's face. I don't um, need this feud to continue. I don't want this feud to continue. But Stadium Stampede was really fun last year. I don't know. I don't think they have the same personalities this time around. I understand the Inner Circle were already part of it. But I don't think the Pinnacle is nearly the same personality or interest level for me, at least, as the Elite was. So that's my only major problem, but I guess we'll see. Britt Baker cut a promo where she said she's unbreakable, she's unkillable, she is going to do everything in her power to take the title from Hikaru Shida. As usual, it was a pretty good promo. Thunder Rosa beat Jasmine Allure. That's That's it. In the main event, saw Miro face off with Darby Allen for Darby Allen's TNT Championship. And Darby Allen's days as champion are officially over as Miro destroyed him to become the champion. And it looks like we will be getting Miro versus Lance Archer in the future, which, by all accounts, sign me up. Now, can they really have... Lance Archer lose another big match? Can they really? I don't know how you do, but it's probable. But that looks like the way we're going. Um, I thought the match was really fun. I thought it was a really good war. Darby showed a lot of fight, which was, I thought was a good way to tell the story in this match. Um, it was a weird dynamite in terms of the way they shot things. Uh, there was there was good action. It was just very clustered at times, which isn't AEW like. I just want Phoenix and Pentagon, okay? Like I know they're gonna be in a Casino Battle Royal, and that's like absolute junk. I just want them to have real matches, have a purpose, please. I will take Pack having something this week. Like I'll take that, but it's just getting annoying. But you know what? This was the Wrestling with Edwards podcast. Thank you for listening to me as I am half asleep, half allergy riddled, half, you know, just trying to deliver the best show possible while being half alive at the moment. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Next weekend, Hanukkah More episode will be released. Other than that, Make sure you keep out for episode 42. And episode 43 should have the preview with Robbie as we debut our new preview situation. But that's not an official number. We'll see what happens. But please follow me on Twitter at Scott E. Wrestling. And otherwise, have a good one, everybody.
再び学でしょう」